Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. satisfying whenever we hit like a five or a zero at the end it just sounds a lot better coming off my tongue all that good stuff uh we're today we are also joined by matt brown he's the associate director of college brands at sp nation matt thank you for joining us hey what's happening y'all happy to be here yeah we're glad to have you on for sure all right i'm gonna turn it over to philip because i know he's got a couple direct questions here and i will chime in whenever necessary so so matt the reason we brought you on is to talk about this new contract between the big 12 and, and ESPN Plus. Um, this is obviously always kind of born out of ESPN was shopping the the off years in their football championship game. Uh, Fox wasn't going to keep it. And it, it seems that in getting ESPN to buy it, they also agreed to move some third-tier right sports, uh, especially a lot of the, let's say, Olympic sports, over to ESPN Plus. Um, there's been a lot of a lot of different reaction to it so far. Um, I've read quite a bit, but I really wanted to, to uh, you had a great story up on SB Nation, uh, kind of breaking it down with the different points. Um, so go ahead and just kind of explain kind of what you found about this deal. Uh, maybe that's both positive and, and you found maybe as a negative. Yeah, that's a... Uh... There, there, there's some good questions. So I, you know, in, in case you haven't had a chance to go to SBNation.com and or uh, and, and read about this a little bit more, or, or from, from some of the other Oklahoma State-centric media, what you're getting here isn't an extension of the Big 12's contract with ESPN, and that's something that I think a casual fan's probably heard a little bit about because. Usually, whenever that sentence appears in the media, there's, there's like a comma, and then and it expires in 2024, and that means conference realignment, and you know there's <laughs> all you know, big question mark what happens there, and and that's a different conversation. But this deal doesn't impact that. You know, we you when you have when you sign up what we call a tier one deal with uh, with ESPN or Fox, I mean that, that means that those networks get the first dibs for all of your sporting events to stick on their family of networks. The games that are going to appear on FS1 or are going to appear on an ESPN network. And that's generally just about all the football games and most of the uh, the basketball games. Um, but not every single game is, right? Like you are, I'm, I'm assuming uh, if you live in Oklahoma, you're going to have a couple of basketball games a year that are going to be on uh, Fox Sports Oklahoma. I think that's the that's the local you know channel. So if you're going to watch the the Pokes play Central Arkansas, that's not necessarily going to be on the ESPN flagship, right? Or there might be one football game. And uh, everyone in the Big 12 has kind of their own different uh, setup for where those other smaller games go, or maybe it's a wrestling match. Maybe it's some women's basketball, you know, a whole, a whole plethora of other things. Right. 
Um, I know Kansas State sold them themselves on like a like or the, like there was Cyclone TV. If you were an Iowa State fan, so what 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 ESPN has done with this new deal is you're gonna Oklahoma State's gonna get a little bit more money. And all of those games that aren't already on an ESPN network or aren't somewhere else on, on a major Fox, they're going to be on what's called ESPN Plus. And that is a secondary streaming service uh, that you have to pay for. It's only five bucks, and it gets you right now just about every major conference that you would have heard of for basketball that's not like a power conference um and a lot of baseball so if you're somebody that's really into wrestling or you're really into college baseball or you're a college basketball nut and you care about the missouri valley um then this is great you're getting you're getting a hell of a deal for five bucks and it's i think i i legitimately think it's a nice product because it makes watching things on different devices much easier for somebody that doesn't just sit down and, and watch everything on tv but if you live in oklahoma and you're used to just being able to go to a bar and had that bar turn on Fox Sports Oklahoma to watch every single basketball game, well, this might suck because I'm not sure that you're going to have that same bar experience. And now you got to buy another thing. And if you're somebody that's, I mean, have you, have you guys tried to cut cable? Uh, yeah, I do. We we don't have cable. Yeah, I do. And I do have cable, but probably not for much longer. I I, I canceled mine literally after the like the day after the Virginia Texas Tech basketball game, and that's generally what I do for the summers. A lot of my colleagues at SBNation.com cancel it for football season, and now it's looking like all right, I got to get Sling, I got to get YouTube TV, I got to get ESPN Plus, I might have to get Big Ten Network Plus, you know, depending on it. That's a lot of different services, and before you know it, you're hoping that somebody bundles all those things together, and then brother, you just invented cable again. Mm-hmm. The difference is instead of paying one giant fee each month, you're the death by a thousand cuts. Yeah, yeah, and it, it could be you know a pain in the pain in the butt to um, to you know navigate four or five different other subscriptions. Now, like you know, it's possible that not every Oklahoma State fan will care. Maybe you're not somebody that watches all of those games. I mean, the 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 kind of the 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 biggest thing I think that's specific to y'all in this deal is that for 2019, you're going to get one football game on ESPN Plus. And uh, my assumption would be that's your the September seventh game against McNeese. Um, it's possible they could put a, a lousy conference game in there, but I, that's what I'm expecting to happen. So if you were hoping to go watch that at a bar, um, then uh, you may be out of luck. So looking at it from that perspective, and and I kind of had a conversation with with Jake Trotter on Twitter about it because my initial reaction was I didn't like it. He did a very nice sales job for ESPN and kind of swayed me over to seeing the positives. And I'll, I'll get into kind of how it helps the school in a minute. But I want to start with just fans, as you're talking about. You know, the whole point of, of cord cutting was it, it used to save money. But now you're looking at, um, you know, I, I, I'm married. So I've got, we've got to have Netflix. We've got to have Hulu. Um, we've got sure. a couple different ones that we have because my wife wants to watch her stuff. Um, and I know this is just personal. It's kind of scraping, but it, it, it's starting to feel like, you know, adding one more $5 service. Um, it's not a lot. $5 in and of itself isn't much, but all of that adds up um, to watch one football game. And for someone who, you know, really loves to watch OSU football, I'm going to want to watch that FCS game, even if it is a blowout. Um, get, you know, basketball games against the UAPBs in the central Arkansas of the world that aren't a big deal, but I want to watch those. Um, whereas before, what I was already paying for helped me get that. Now it's one more thing I have to pay for to get stuff I already had access to. 
that I think is would be pretty clearly a negative, right? I'm I'm in kind of a similar boat. You know, I I have to have cable right now because my job requires me to watch just every college football game basically if I need to. Um, but I usually cancel it in the off season. I've got Netflix. I'm going to have to buy this Disney Plus thing because I have oh, two. Yeah. Little, I have I got two little girls. So like if, if we cut off the frozen access to my house, I'm going to have a riot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. So like. I, I get how these things add up. And so for, you know, from that perspective, I agree. It is you are now paying something extra for a service that you previously did not have to pay for. The One of the positives, I think, would be if you are somebody who cares a lot about some of these other sports, the experience of being able to watch these with the with the distribution and production quality with, with an ESPN product, I think is far better than what you had before. Like I, I've, I have tried to watch an event using Cyclone TV before. It's not great. I've tried to watch events uh, that stream on Facebook. I've tried to watch things that are on some of these other kind of jankier platforms. And if you guys don't live in market and the game is on Fox Sports Oklahoma only, then you, you generally have to figure out some other kind of, of, of situation there. So I get that not everybody um, has a, a deep emotional attachment to Oklahoma State women's basketball or Oklahoma State baseball or wrestling or some of these other Olympic sports. But if you do, this – I think it's absolutely worth five bucks. It's going to be worth more than five bucks because I, I, between us friends, like ESPN is going to jack up the price on this thing. Oh yeah, uh, it's coming. And ju- I mean, just because no it's, it's undervalued, given how uh, even all of the uh, the rights that are attached to it, and that's just for college. Like, if you're a soccer fan, if you care about combat sports, like this is something you probably need to buy. Um, then I, I, I think I, then I, I think this, this is, it's actually a positive thing. The, the other kind of nice thing from the school perspective is for when you're taking a lot of these events that weren't previously uh, broadcast in a meaningful way. And a, a, a lot of the time, the university has to do the legwork to get those to get a broadcast. They have to do the taping. They have to provide the comment, the, the, the broadcasting, the play by play and everything. What a lot of these schools do for some of these secondary events is they let students do it. They let students run the camera rig. They let students do the play by play. They let students really be much more involved in the production value. And maybe, you know, not to be a jerk about it, but sometimes as a fan, you wish that the person doing the play-by-play wasn't a wasn't a junior in college. They wish they were a professional. Because <laughs> yeah. sometimes it's a little boom goes the dynamite. But I like I feel like that's an acceptable trade-off, knowing that this is a college and it's helping some kid uh, get the clips or the experience they need to make a career out of it. And this kind of product can help facilitate that a little bit more. Yeah, I do agree on the point of you know. Oklahoma State wrestling. Wrestling is a big sport for Oklahoma State, um, and and occasionally you get a match on on Flow Wrestling. Well, uh, if you want to pay that expensive, you know, platform to yeah. try and watch it there. But if it gives me access to, let's say, Iowa, Oklahoma State, and Gallagher, Iba at the end of the season, which is going to be a huge, you know, huge match, then I'm then I'm excited for it. I get to have access to something I don't normally get to. Um, you know, OSU has their baseball home baseball games on YouTube, which is fine, uh, but it's Having it on an ESPN Plus is, is going to be a better platform for that than than a YouTube is. So from that angle, you know I, I get it. It offers. I'm just not going to love me having access to more Oklahoma State Olympic sports because I'll watch them. Um, yeah. But for me, it's a positive. Yeah, and 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 that's what the school's really excited about. Because if you are a college baseball player, or if you're somebody that that's you know not at an absolute gigantic flagship program for an Olympic sport. The fact that you can sell, hey, listen, it's so much easier to watch us. Like your mom is going to be able to watch every single one of your games 
without having to do something, you know, have to go to like the weird Reddit streaming stuff. That's a big positive. <laughs> like coaches love that. Kids like that. And, you know, I, I think as fans, most of us are willing to trade in a slight inconvenience to ourselves if we know it provides a direct benefit to our, to, to the to the students I mean, to the, or, or to the athletes themselves at, at a school. Like, I think that's a that's a harder thing when, you know. ESPN says, listen, we got to take, you got to play all your games at night, or you got to play this football game on Thursday, and we got a close part of your campus. Um, and so the school gets a, you know, a, a big check, but it's, that's not really, it's harder to trace like a direct line to my football players benefit from this. But from ESPN plus, I think it's pretty easy to draw a straight line to this benefits Oklahoma state baseball players. This benefits Oklahoma state's golfers. This benefits like other people where before you're, you're kind of hoping to catch a periscope sort of thing, right? Um, that I don't, like, as a, I'm, I'm an Ohio State graduate. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Buckeye fan. This was one of the really big benefits, I think, of the Big Ten Network when that launched. And that was something that everyone kind of laughed at at first. It wasn't universally thought to be a good idea. Uh, and we all kind of resented getting a couple of football games on there because not everybody even had that channel in the beginning. But it made it way easier to watch other stuff. And now uh, – I think fans across the Midwest are realizing like, Hey, actually big Ted hockey's fun. I had no way of, of, of ever watching it beforehand. And now we do. Awesome. So you mentioned, you know, timing. And I think that's interesting because, um, so Gundy, uh, and I think during practice yesterday, which would have been Wednesday, um, was kind of asked about this whole deal. And, and part of what he mentioned is, um, you know, it, it, there's the potential for adding flexibility to game kickoffs. Right now you have very set kickoff times for football on Saturdays. Um, you know, if you have 11 a.m. window, um, you have that, that 5 o'clock window. You have very set times, and sometimes those are great, and sometimes they're, they're not. Um, Gundy is a big proponent of college football games kicking off at 1 p.m., um, which is an, a normal kickoff time for football. Um, he also talked about, um, let's uh, use the quote of, uh, let's say, basketball, you want a 6 o'clock which is tough for fans to get there. Eight o'clock is too late for them to drive. So you can, you can have it at seven and live stream it, which, you know, right now basketball games tend to start at seven for college. If, if they use this as an opportunity to have different kickoff times, because like you said, if it's, if it's the OSU McNeese state game, outside of Oklahoma state fans and people who cover it, you're not getting a lot of people who are all that interested in that, in that game. You know, OSU should should win big. It's an FCS team. So if it's suddenly an opportunity where we can, OSU can set a time that they think is really convenient for them that may not fit the normal um, parameters of when things are on TV, I think that's a, a huge benefit to to the university. I You know, I, I think that's a great point. And, and it's interesting because this has actually been a major issue in college football over the last couple of years outside of the conferences that maybe you and I pay the closest attention to. So like I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example with the Mountain West, right? Mountain West schools right now have deals with ESPN and CBS uh, as the, their, their primary rights holders for their football games. And for ESPN, it's way – it's worth it financially for them um, to uh, to have these games on as late at night as possible. Um so, you know, th that, that they have a unique time window all to themselves, uh, the way that the Mountain and Pacific time zones are set up. Like, it doesn't make sense to put them, have them, like, kick off at noon where they're going up against a big SEC game or something. So that's great for the broadcast company, and that's, you know, might be great for the Mountain West bottom line because they need the money. But if you are a college student 
it sucks having to have a lot of your games start at eight o'clock at night in Laramie in October when it's like negative balls degrees outside. Like that's not <laughs> for you. If you, I, I love in, that unit of measurement, by the way. Th- th- yeah, that's, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I have a political science degree, so I know a lot about meteorology. Uh, that, I think, <laughs> I think that's how it works. Um, and that's a big problem. If you're an administrator at a Wyoming or a San Jose state, because then you got to realize, okay, like if I do what ESPN wants me to do, I get an extra 400 grand, which I need because I'm broke. But it also sucks to play these football games in front of 9,000 people. And I want my fans to show up so they grow up and become donors. You want to be able to have a positive experience for people in the stands. And so they're, they're contemplating something very similar. I would expect them to have a lot of their games either on an ESPN plus platform or the CBS plus platform or potentially Facebook um, when their new deal is negotiated in the next probably two months so they can have some more control and, and flipping it and flipping it back to here. I, I think that would be another really big advantage. And I would, I think that's a huge possibility for, you know, you don't want to do that for everyone in your games because uh, for, especially for a program like Oklahoma state where you can be on national TV a few times a year and they're, I think it is worth doing what ESPN says so everybody in the country can watch Bedlam uh, or, or watch whatever stupidness happens against Texas because that seems to be just about every year. But for the, <laughs> Accurate. For the, yeah, right? But, but, you know, when you're playing you know, South Alabama or McNeese or, you know, whoever, whatever the Flotsam and Jetsam is in the first two weeks, if you want to put that on this paywall and have that game at two, uh, you know, or, or some other kind of in-between time, yeah, that's another benefit of this. I think that that is probable. And that, that, that would be a benefit. It, it's nice to be able to kind of pivot away from what broadcast television wants, which has been just the overwhelming dominating force in everything with college football over the last probably two and a half decades to something that might be a little bit more in-person fan-centric. Joe, I've kind of taken over. Do you have any thoughts at this point? I mean, I've been just, just from listening in, and I, I was, Philip, I was kind of with you on this. You know, I wasn't necessarily sure how I felt about it, but I think just from, you know, obviously from the football perspective, it's, you know, it's a little interesting, but I think, you know, one non-conference game or two non-conference games, they're not great a year on ESPN Plus isn't that bad in the grand scheme of things, but I would consider getting ESPN Plus just from the perspective of all the basketball games that are going to be on there and all of the wrestling and baseball and softball. Like, I think you just get the opportunity to see more sports for a pretty low price you know, on a large network like that, I just think it creates more opportunities for that. I would be interested to see. I'm going to be interested to see how this works as it continues to move forward and as more teams get added onto it. Yeah, I'm not sure. If there, I mean, the the other major conference TV deals are mostly set in stone for the next couple of years, okay. right? So the, the this Big 12 agreement is a little bit unique. Um, the Mountain West deal and BYU's next TV deal should be announced, I would say, in the next three months. Um, but every other conference is going to be a part of this, right? Like, there's going to be multiple American athletic football games on this service, and uh, uh, a lot of them are going to be pretty good. Like, I don't think it's just going to be the East Carolina and Temple show. Like, I, I think there's going to be a couple of, like, interesting games in it, and there's a lot of very good basketball. Um, I know I'm not saying this because, you know, to be like an ESPN shill or anything. I mean, I think this is true <laughs> on, the, on the, on BTM plus, I think it's true on other, on other, on, on other similar services. Um, if you're mad about it, I understand it. Like I, I, I'm not going to criticize anybody for being mad online about it. Um, 
if you're somebody that cares about some of these other programs, though, I, I think it's, it's it helps more than it hurts. But, you know, I'm not an Oklahoma State baseball fan. I can't tell you how to feel about that. Fair enough. So I feel like, you know, there, there's benefits to the Olympic schools. Um, it's more money in the pocket of the Big 12, who at this point, you know, money matters, money talks. And if there's yeah. another great conference realignment shift, you know, the, the conferences who are struggling financially are going to have teams looking to the ones that aren't. Um, if, from just a Big 12 perspective overall, not just money. Um, is there a chance here that it could help the conference's pers- uh, reputation and the perspective that people have for it just because – just because it, it, it's allowing you to to have access to more of the sports, especially the Olympic sports, um, and maybe some of those football games on ESPN Plus. That I'm just trying to think of this as, you know, it's, it, there's a financial benefit and there's benefit to Olympic sports, but other than locking up the the football championship game with ESPN and ABC, how is there another way that this could benefit the conference in comparison to say the SEC or the Big Ten or the ACC? You know, I, I don't think so. And and that's not like to, as a criticism or anything. It's, you know, if you look at the other power conferences, most of them have something similar set up right now. And that, that's part of the benefits of having a formalized conference network. And I think ESPN will try to sell this as a de facto Big 12 network. It's it's not really the same thing. Um, but, you know, if you're, an Ohio, if you're a Big 10 fan, like you can you can do this already. If you're an SEC fan, you probably can do most of this already, too. And, and uh, you know, if there's more demand for some of the overflow coverage, they'll add that to SEC Network or SEC Network Plus. Um, and th- the scope of this deal, big picture-wise, is, is relatively small. Like, this this isn't something that's going to add an extra $6 million to, to anyone's bottom line. It's the impact what happens you know, in 2024 in terms of realignment. And, and I got to tell you, as somebody who's written about this a lot, I am far less convinced that there's going to be a big realignment than than uh, I was a couple of years ago. Like, I, I kind of think we're going to have, it's going to be more likely that things stay the same. But the 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 what's going to determine that has, has way more to do with things that are going to, outside the scope of this, right? It depends on what happens with Facebook or Google or Amazon or some of these other companies, whether they're willing to bid for tier one rights. Um, and I think that there was an expectation they probably would a few years ago. And now I think that's much more muddled. It's going to depend on financially what Texas and Oklahoma are able to do and whether you guys want to continue to have a conference that divides up uh, revenues uh, unequally. Historically, that's usually a recipe for problems. Um, although, you know, it, it may be, it may be okay in the future, and I think it'll depend on what happens with the Pac-12. Um, and a lot of those questions right now are mostly unanswerable, I think. Um, but and I wouldn't look to this news to try to kind of draw anything else, uh, you know, pertaining to those questions than, than there is. I, I think that would be a little bit of a stretch. All right. Well, Joe, I'm 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 done. I'm yeah. ready. To- I think we're good. Take my five bucks and just deal with it. Everyone. <laughs> that, that's kind of where I'm at too. But Matt, thank you for joining us and thank you for the insight. This was very good for us to kind of get a better understanding of what the future could hold with this ESPN plus deal. And uh, thank you very much. This was awesome. 
Yeah, no, no problem. It's uh, it, it's been my pleasure. If this is the kind of thing that is of interest to you, I would encourage you to uh, keep an eye on espionation.com over the next couple of months. I think we're going to have a couple other stories that dig a little bit more into the the business and changing administrative side of the sport this offseason, uh, hopefully in a way that's not super boring. All right, before, awesome. we, before we let you go, Matt, uh, give a social yeah. media plug real quick. Where can everyone follow you on Twitter and follow your work? So, yeah, this is tricky because I'm a Matt Brown that writes about college football. And there's another Matt Brown who's a low uh, – well, I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on this. He's, he's actually a, a, a fine human being. But you can find me at Matt SBN. If you find a fellow named Matt – like that's Matt Brown, CFB. That's that's my doppelganger. He's an imposter. He works at The Athletic. He's not me. Uh, yeah, Matt SBN on Twitter, and you can find my work on SBNation.com and doing a lot of the administrative back-end stuff to help Cowboys ride for free and all of our other team site blogs uh, work well. Sounds good. All right, thank you, Matt. Yep, take it easy, fellas. That's a big story today, obviously, that uh, Oklahoma State basketball losing another player. Uh, looks like Duncan DeMuth has entered his name into the transfer portal and is going to be leaving the program. Um, I mean, just initial reaction was, what? Yeah, I mean, for me, it it was a little bit surprising because he seemed like a guy that was going to kind of stick around to be that leader type guy for four years. Not necessarily ever going to play very much. I just don't think his skill set uh, is there, obviously, right now at all. Maybe in the following year, he would be able to play a little more just as a defensive guy off the bench. But I feel like because he had, I mean, he still had to compete for minutes with seven guys. And he was, yeah. he was still getting six to eight minutes a game, maybe a little bit more every once in a while. So I think he, I don't even think how he was going to be able to play more than five minutes a game with the guys that are coming in next year, unless Oklahoma State got really desperate. So I can, I understand where he's coming from wanting to go to another school and see if he can compete for more playing time, maybe at a smaller school and, you know, see what happened. Obviously I wish him nothing but the best, uh, you know, he made some good plays for us, kind of gave us a little bit of a flashback to freshman year, Mitchell Solomon. Um, but I just, I just don't think the fit was really there for him in a lot of spots. See, he would have benefited from a red shirt year. I agree. This year. Like he I, really would have circumstances flying yeah. and developing this year. Obviously that wasn't able to happen. Circumstances. And I have to one, that was the case. Yeah, of course. But I have to wonder if that's something that Boynton may have pitched to him for next season. Cause with all the guys coming in, honestly, you're right. I don't think he would have seen the court much. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think he needed, he really needed to take some time and really build up his body and develop. He just, he showed very slight improvement by the end of the season, but not anything significant. And I think he really needed some time to develop. And I'm, you know, if he's looking for playing time, I get it. Um, he'll probably find that at a, at a much smaller program. Um, and if that's what he wants, then you know what? More power to you, man. Go do you, and and good luck. I seriously wish him the best. I just, I kind of wonder if the best bet wouldn't have been for him to stick around at least for another season to to see what what could happen. Uh, but with that move, uh, OSU is back to three open scholarships for 2019. Um, I already have four players committed. Now they got three more, which is going to be really interesting to watch. With uh, the next signing period starts on the 17th, so it's. It's coming quick. We're gonna. This is gonna really start to 
kick into overdrive here in the next uh, in the next week or so. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see where Boynton goes. Now, I mean, we didn't even know quite where he was going to go with these other two scholarships. With the two scholarships he had already, now he's going to have three. So we're, he's going to be doing a lot of recruiting at the end of the signing you know, cycle, just like he did last season, and see what he can you know throw together here. And hopefully he finds a couple you know diamonds in the rough, or he finds you know a big name guy to throw in with the Boone Twins, Avery Anderson, Marcus Watson. It'll be, or maybe a grad transfer, or just a, a transfer in general. There's Oklahoma State's been linked to a lot of those guys too, so it's gonna be interesting where Boyton goes moving forward. There is um, the one name to keep an eye on, obviously, is Chris Harris Jr., who's taking his uh, visit to Texas Tech this weekend. Those feel like the two um, lead dogs in the house. Um, that we're going to – I don't think we're going to wait much longer after this weekend to find out where Chris Harris Jr. Uh, plans to commit. He's – I mean, he's – there's a good chance for Oklahoma State. He's good friends uh, with Isaac Lively. So I think I think he also had a great visit to Stillwater. I think he really enjoyed himself. I think the relationship he and, and Boynton have built is solid. But you are all now competing with the Texas Tech program that just got to the national championship game. Uh, Chris Beard has turned two – be frank, nobody's in the first round lottery picks. Um, it's it wouldn't shock me if he picked Oklahoma State. It also wouldn't shock me if he picked Texas Tech. So that's, um, that's gonna be one name to keep point. an eye on. The other one, just because his name is fun, is uh, is Dudu Gade or Dudu Gade. What a name! Yeah, what a name. Um, he's at a at Daytona State College. He's a forward. I'm, they're going to have to add a forward um, with one of these two, uh, whether that's Guy A or whether that's um, – there's a couple other guys they've offered, including I think it's a kid named uh, Kevin Cross, um, who's in Arkansas. Good luck finding him on, on anywhere on the internet. He doesn't have a 24-7 or rivals or an ESPN like recruiting profile anywhere. Just does not. Um, but apparently he's, he's a very under-the-radar kind of guy. Those are the two names I would keep an eye on. Um, I'm going to do a little bit more digging today and this evening and see where else to really – where we think OSU is going to keep their focus. But Chris Harris Jr. is the one to really, really watch this weekend um, and see how his Texas Tech visit goes and see how he talks about his visit um, afterwards. Yeah, and obviously Texas Tech is going to be a very tough team to compete with now in recruiting after going to the national championship and winning the Big 12 this season. So – I imagine that their name will be thrown, you know, thrown around a bunch when we are looking at guys uh, that Oklahoma State's recruiting as well. So they're they're going to be a tough competitor in the recruiting market for sure in the near future, if not even right now. Yeah, no, they are. They, nothing's ever going to make Lubbock sexy, but playing for Texas Tech's pretty awesome right now. Definitely, no, no doubt about that. Uh, do you have any final thoughts here before we wrap this one up? Um. Just make sure and check out the site, Cowboys Ride for Free. We've got some we've got some unique stuff we're going to be trying to put up here during the what I call the uh, the winter season. Look, don't get me wrong, I love college baseball and I love OSU college baseball, but it is the off season of football and basketball, and those are the money makers. And so we're gonna to have to get we're getting creative on the site, come up with some some different things to to keep fans and readers interested. 
Absolutely. So my, my final thought, I want to give just a little bit of love to the Oklahoma State baseball team, winning one nothing at Wichita State yesterday. That's a big win. Now you're going to Kansas with a little bit of momentum. Uh, but the way they won, to me, was one of the most fascinating things I've seen in college baseball in recent memory. They won a game. They used nine pitchers in the game. Mitchell Stone was the only guy that went two innings. Everyone else threw an inning or less. One guy didn't gave up one hit, and he was done. And they threw nine pitchers and won one nothing, scattering seven hits. That I love, and I'm a huge baseball analytics nerd, and bullpenning is kind of the way that's starting to work in baseball right now, but that's bullpenning to the extreme, and I <laughs> love it, and I thought it was awesome, and to see it actually work and see Oklahoma State win the game while using that implementation of a pitching staff is pretty awesome. Yeah, that's a, it was an impressive win. It was 1-0 win. Man, I, you just kept watching that going surely they're going to screw up at some point. And they never did, so bravo. Um, this weekend series of Kansas, OSU still I – mean, they're technically a half game back from Baylor right now because Baylor had a game canceled due to the weather, so they've got one lot less loss, um, even though they were losing to Texas when that game got canceled. Um, Minor details. So Baylor's in the lead. Yeah, Baylor's in the lead of the conference standings. OSU's in second. Um, Kansas is not great. So this is a really good opportunity to – pile on some more wins before they hit the meat of the schedule with the Texases and the Texas Techs. All right. Now, I think that wraps this episode of Philip. Where can everyone follow you on Twitter? Uh, you can follow me personally at OKTXARPOKE. You can follow my show, 1012 Podcast, at T-E-N, the number 12, the word podcast. Follow me at JT Penfield. Be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF. And I failed to mention this in the last two episodes. But in case you didn't know already, we have joined the SB Nation Podcast Network. So I've been hearing advertisements uh, during, you know, before, during, and after our episodes over the last couple. So be sure to head over there and wherever you can find podcasts, you'd be able to find it now. So whatever is most convenient for you, be sure to listen and rate, subscribe, all that good stuff. And we will have more episodes coming out soon. 